Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. Today, I'll be sharing my interview with Sharonda Stickers. My friend and colleague, Dr. Claire Cook from Middle Tennessee State University kindly recommended Sharonda. Thanks for the recommendation, Dr. Cook. Sharonda earned a master's degree in social work from the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. She also holds a bachelor's degree from Middle Tennessee State University with a major in child development and family studies and a minor in business administration. She also holds a certified family life educator provisional CFLEP credential from the National Council on Family Relations. She is currently a licensed master social worker and outpatient therapist working in the field of community mental health services in Tennessee. She is also the author of a book titled Mental Makeover. In this episode, she discusses how she found the field of HDFS and her professional experiences to date. As is true for all interviewees on this podcast, Sharonda's views are her own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of her current, former, or future employers. Without further ado, here is her interview. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Sharonda. Thank you for having me, Erica. Thank you for being here. I am so excited that you have taken time out of your busy schedule to share with students and other professionals across the country. I can't wait to hear all about your story. And I just want to jump right in and start at the beginning. Can you tell us how you first found the field of HDFS? I know that you attended Middle Tennessee State University. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, And so that's where that was your entry into the field with your major in family consumer sciences slash human mm-hmm. sciences with that concentration in child and family studies. Um, so yes. tell me how you, how you found your way into that major. Well, honestly, Erica, I feel like it found me. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to college. I, I did not know what I wanted to do. I was just like, you know, hey, I want to experience college life, honestly. And, but I knew I wanted to help people. Um, so I, my first major, I think it was chemistry, right? I was like, Hmm, I think I'll be a great physical therapist. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds nice. Right. So, um, people did, that way we can help people that way. Um, but, um, I was not the best at chemistry at all. Um, so I just kept asking around and, uh, talked to a few friends and they said, why don't you try this? Um, and so I talked to an advisor and we got started, um, right away. The process was really smooth. Um, and, um, CDFS found me and I'm really thankful for that actually. (laughs) And so that's great. And so like what, um, what year in your college experience did you find it? Was it early in college or did you switch kind of later from chemistry? Um, thankfully it was, it was pretty early. I would say it was the beginning of my sophomore year. Okay. Um, when I made that switch, um, cause I heard a lot of horror stories of switching too late and getting your costing yourself an extra year or five. Right, so, right. so, um, you know, not laughing at those situations cause that can be really difficult, but I, you know, um, I definitely did not want to fall into that trap. So I, I intervened for myself really early. So, um, it, uh, I was able to graduate on time. I think, uh, maybe a semester late. I think I graduated in the summer. So, I mean, no big deal. Um, but, um, everything was pretty smooth. And that, even that fact, 
the fact you're, you're saying you think you graduated in the summer, that lets you know it's not that big of a deal. And I think sometimes no. students even get, you know, they get stressed out about that. But I will echo what you said. It is great that you were able to catch things early so that you can mm-hmm. kind of save yourself a little bit of time. You say, hey, the chemistry is not for me. You sort of recognize that and made the mm-hmm. switch. Um, and so you were still able to come out around the same time. And um, so, so that's great. Um, for sure. Definitely try to intervene early and uh, don't, you know, don't wait. Um, try to try to jump on that right away. Um, I think that was that was a game changer for me, for sure. And so can you tell me a little bit about your experience with the classes? So what what was it about the classes that made you want to choose that major? Mm, just looking at the course list, um, uh, violence in the family is one that I, you know, that I'm this just popping up in my head right now. And, um, you know, life aging, you know, aging, ages and stages, just uh, just the fact that it covers um, infancy through elderly, the whole lifespan. I mean, it, I just, I was really drawn to, to the holistic approach that it, that, uh, it took. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I just, you know, that's just kind of, that was the big, the big seller selling point for me personally. So did you switch before you ever took a class? You just knew once you kind of saw those courses, you thought this is what I interested in. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I was, um, it just felt right. I, I mean, I was pretty comfortable with it. Um, right. And I just, I went, I went head first and, you know, my first class, I had some, I had some really awesome professors and I mean, I, I was sold. I mean, there was nothing, there was no going back. I'll just say it that way. There was no yeah. going back. <laughs> and I, I want to add too, you know, for those who don't know what they want to do, I, you know, you can be it'll, it'll allow you to think that through with all of those, you know, ages and the developmental um, areas that are covered. You can say, you know what, I really like working with this, with this population or "Mm, I don't really think elderly is for me. Right. So you get that opportunity (laughs) for sure. That's a very good point. Tell me, okay. So you loved your classes clearly, but um, what else did you do while you were an undergraduate it's almost like, what didn't I do? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, oh goodness. So I did work. Well, my first year I did not work. Um, I just wanted to get my footing and, uh, feel comfortable with, uh, the, the courses and my, my, um, my dorm and everything like that. But that second year I did work. I had a part-time job at Victoria's Secret. Um, (laughs) so much retail. Yes. Um, so yeah, do you have uh, retail experience as well? I sure do. I sure do. Oh. I have a long list of retail experience because I mean, I feel like you learn a lot of skills <laughs> that way. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so much I learned there, seriously. Um, and it was a lot of fun too. So that was my part-time job. Um, and uh, as far as my uh, contributions on campus, I was a student ambassador Um I believe that was my junior year. Um, so basically, if you're not familiar with the student ambassador program uh, for Middle Tennessee um, MTSU, it we are the host, the student host for the president, and uh, it was really, yeah, it was really cool. We got to um, 
uh, host events. Um, uh, we were able to go to some really fancy parties and <laughs> yeah. eat, eat lots of yummy food and talk with the president and um, also do a lot of outreach too as well. Um, so that that's that. And I was also um, a member of an organization called the Collegiate 100 Black Women mm-hmm. of um, MTSU, and um, which was a mentoring organization. And oh my goodness, I think this is where, honestly, just talking it out, I feel like this is where my love for social work began. Mm. Um, just working um, with the inner city youth in Murfreesboro, um, you know, it was very, uh, my heart, woo, not going to get emotional, but I mean, that was a, it was quite a journey just thinking about that for sure. Um, it's a beautiful experience working with those kiddos. So yeah, I think that's where my love for social work began. And so what types of work were you all doing with the youth through the C100 women's group? Yeah. So we, I mean, we did homework help. We, uh, were able to just play with them, right? Just the simple things, connect with them, know them on a first name basis, and they know us. And um, uh, it, it, it's, it's uh, mentorship at its finest, um, mm. connecting with, with those youth, uh, for sure. Sometimes we knew the parents, um, uh, they got excited. I mean, we got excited to see them and vice versa. They got excited to see, see us on mentor days. I think it was like Tuesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, just get down on the floor and do whatever they wanted to do. It was their world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're just there, that supportive other adult <laughs> building a relationship because yeah, we know the more adults that are invested in a kid's life, mm-hmm. you know, typically the better. Um, and Absolutely. Adults, as, you know, as long as they're positive influences. The, okay. And so you said that you think that that was sort of the gate mm-hmm. for your interest in social work. So Absolutely. What, what about that experience really um, uh, led to your interest in social mm-hmm. work? Well, um, I was reminded that I had a mentor or mentors, um, <clears throat> of similar nature when I was at the boys and girls club and um I was like you know what I I need you know I I need to to think rethink about uh what I want what my contribution will be um when I'm when I'm done I don't want this to stop here um you know how cool would it be to make um this part of my my life in whatever capacity it can be right. So um, I, uh, I do, I think that's where it started, you know, so I was thinking about working with inner city youth um, uh, through, through the, through the field of social work Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, for sure. And so as you're winding down your time, so you're, you're volunteering, you're working, working Mm -hmm. at Victoria's Secret while you're in college, you're um, also volunteering, very engaged on campus and off campus. Mm -hmm. Then as your time is winding down, um, what is your internship experience like toward the end of your program? I was an intern for UT Extension. Um, I had no, (laughs) honestly never heard of UT Extension before, but um, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to work directly 
with the community, but I do want to work with the community at some capacity so that I'm giving back, as I talked about earlier. So Mm -hmm. I saw that UT Extension was under program development. And I was like, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And I got there and I just, I, I was, you know, blown away by how many different aspects, um, you know, that UT Extension has Mm -hmm. um, presenting to the community, um, doing food demonstrations. um, Oh my gosh, so much, so much in program development. It was a really cool experience, actually. Yeah. And so that kind of gave you that um, experience with that bridge between the university, the kind of partnering Mm -hmm. with the community. For sure, for sure. Okay, and so now as you're approaching graduation, mm-hmm. what is it that you are planning to do or hoping to do? <laughs> Tell me what you end up doing. Oh, I find that I'm always feeling like a fish out of water when I move from one stage to the next. To the next. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyone listening, if you feel uh, the same way, you're, you're doing fine. It's going to work out. That's right. <laughs> I, Seriously. I pr- it will, I promise. So I honestly, Erica, I, I didn't know. Everyone, you know, that I talked to seemed like they had it all figured out. Uh, <laughs> but l- later on, when I talked to them, I knew that that wasn't true. We're all just kind of figuring out, figuring it out on our own. Wow. So I was like, you guys, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. So uh, I applied to jobs that I was um that I had experience in, right? That seemed that it lined up with what I was able to offer. Mm -hmm. And I landed my first job as a teacher. (laughs) So um, it was an unlicensed position. So I was able to do it um, at a private school. And I worked with um, students who have an array of learning differences. So, oh goodness, it was a really, I mean, it was a really cool experience. Um, let's see, I think I worked with children who, who had, let's see, ADHD, dyslexia, dysgraphia, oh man, so many different and wonderful, wonderful children as well. So I did that for about a year mm-hmm. and I had students come to me who were struggling with their mental health. Mm. And when you have students who are struggling with their mental health, you find it really difficult to teach about English. Right. Um, So I think that was phase two. And like, hmm, I wonder if social work is where I need to go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So so that's kind of where I went um, after, after graduating from MTSU. Okay. And wh- wh- mm-hmm. how did you find out about the position, the, the unlicensed teaching position at the private mm-hmm. It was indeed. It was indeed. 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 Yes, it was indeed. And they messaged me really quickly. Um, and I, I let them know that I do have experience because I, oh, I forgot to mention, I was also an after school teacher um, oh. in, in college as well. I was a, uh, uh, you know, a before and after school teacher. Um, I don't remember what the name of the position is called, but I guess after school teacher will suit. Um, so I do have experience in the classroom in that aspect and then along with the mentoring uh, experience as well. And so they were they were excited to have me. Um, 
And so I did that for about a year. Um, again, and I think I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting hung up on this, but so, so you found this reach out to this position via MD. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that that's important to note because I think so, so many times, of course, it's, it's, it's important. It's critical to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes there's this misconception that you can't get a job if you don't know the person there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you reached, you kind of cold reached out to these people. Did you, yeah. did you have, was it like on the website? Did they have a link where it's like, click here if you're interested or did you apply formally and then they got back to you? Honestly, I think it was just one of those quick applies. Okay. Um, a, you know, just that one button and your it sends your whole resume out. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I knew many people and I had a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. Um, and so don't, again, you know, if you're feeling like, oh, what's going on? Nothing's working. I know all these people, you know, it will work out. There's many different, like she said, there's many different ways you can go about this. Right. So mm-hmm. what's your next step in terms of making a move? So I wrote a book. Oh, <laughs> everything's like, halt in all of the phases there's like a halt phase let's try this and they never just kind of they're they're all different if you notice they're all different but that's okay yes but I love it I mean you don't hear that every day how did you like what was your next step to go to graduate school I decided to write a book I'm so excited to hear about tell me how did you get the idea you know how did you get the motivation tell me all Mm -hmm. about it that's right so I'm and while I was teaching, so I was writing on my planning period. <laughs> yes. Um, so the idea came, um, it was given to me uh, from above, <laughs> to be honest, for yeah. any of those who do believe, um, I do. And it was given to me and um, very thankful for that. And I'm like, a book? You want me to write a book? Okay, let's do it. And I t- shared the idea with my mother. And she said, I know an author. And um, she linked me with her. And um, it that's where it began. And yeah. I began a writing um, a plug to Coach Laura Brown's writing uh, accountability group. That's where I kind of, you know, started there and finished with her. And um, it was a lovely experience. Uh, made back all the money I invested into the book and then some and it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all that good stuff and so yeah well tell <laughs> us was- about the book what is the book what's it what's it about <laughs> and yeah tell us how long did it take for you to write it mm-hmm. I want to hear it all <laughs> <laughs> great yes thank you so the name of my book is mental makeover uh reclaiming your beauty from the inside out and, um, oh man, it's, it's just a, it's a fun book. It really is guys. Um, self it's promoting self love through self help, um, mm-hmm. gives lots of fun tips on how to navigate through your journey to self love. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of lovely affirmations in there, funny stories from my life and, <laughs> others um just listening to me now I'm sure you know that there's going to be a lot of fun funny stories in there but um yes um but yeah so that's that's really what the book's about each chapter is a makeup item but the book is not about vanity at all so each makeup item means something so for example um there's a chapter uh titled uh, lipstick 
and that's my confidence chapter. Okay. So, um, you know, that's just an example of how I kind of set it up. Um, I kind of put it in the, the order of the way I do my makeup. So mm-hmm. like my eyeliner and my mascara, the, that chapter is talking about the eye opening moments I've had in my life. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I have a chapter um, uh, it's discussing, uh, well, it's a uh, concealer and it's talking about some moments that we, the times in our life that we try to conceal and hide things that, you know, that we're dealing with. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. I really had fun writing it as well. Yeah, I feel like this would be a really, I, I mean, yeah, you can see how it would be such a fun book for, I mean, what immediately jumps out to me is teenagers, like teenage groups, <laughs> like groups, but then also like women's mm-hmm. book club groups, like for, it seems like it would create a lot of discussion and um, encourage people to open up about areas in which they really want to grow and get sort of give them some tips for, um, you know, the, just considering things in, in various areas of their life. So that's really cool. <laughs> Thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now you wrote the book. Wait a minute. You wrote mm-hmm. the book while, yeah, while you were still teaching. And so mm-hmm. how did that then lead you into beginning to um, learn about graduate programs, research graduate programs? Right. So um, I only taught for a year. Um finished the book, published the book. Uh, then I, I was like, okay, in the back of my mind, I've been given all of these signs that social work is for me. And let me just, let me just look online. Yeah. And honest, honestly, guys, I mean, I just, it was, I looked online and the application was due like soon. I want to say within the next week. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> So you remember how I said I, ha- I had all these wonderful connections. Well, this is where your connections come in. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, um, I um, immediately contacted all of my connections. Um, my, when I say connections, when I'm, when I say connections, what I mean are my mentors that I've had throughout college or wonderful professors that I connected with, or just anyone who um, could write a letter for me for reference. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, did that right away. Um, I was thankful that I did not miss the deadline. Um, I think I honestly, I think I sent in the application the day before. It was either the day of or the day before. And I got in. (laughs) And so this was where this, well, first of all, yes, congrats on getting in. Thank Um, you. you Congrats on getting it. Where did you decide to uh, attend a graduate school? Yes. So I attended uh, graduate school at the University of Tennessee at Knoxville. UT Knox. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the Master of Science and Social Work program. Um, highly recommend, especially for those of you who you either need to work or you're, you're not sure if you can do, if you can commit to not working, you'll, you'll be able to um, you'll be able to do the program because they have it online. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and was that a determining factor um, as you were applying? It sounds like you applied to this one specific graduate mm-hmm. program that had this deadline in a week. And you amazingly <laughs> got it together and amazingly got in. Um, so, but, so, but this is the one that you applied mm-hmm. to. You saw that it was, it was online back then as mm-hmm. well where I need to be. 
Absolutely. I mean, honestly, I know it sounds unorthodox, but I, I mean, I literally just, I, it's like, let me, let me see if, cause I knew I wanted to go to UT Knox. I heard really good things about the program. And those one day, I think on a planning period, <laughs> I just yeah. Googled it and it, I was like, oh, this is due. Like it's due. So, um, yeah. So check out those deadlines. Those are important. <laughs> they sure do come up early on you. You yes. were able to stay and, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to move to Knoxville. You were able to stay where no. you No. Yeah. So I was, I was able to stay, um, uh, where I was and, and the city of Cleveland, Tennessee. And so, um, Knoxville, it, it was an online program at the university of Tennessee in Knoxville for social work. Yes. Okay. Um, and so tell me what your experience with the program is like. Well, first, first thing I want to say is if you decide to do um, an online program, whether it's your undergraduate or a graduate program or PhD, PhD, especially a PhD program, um, I would say you really need to have a tribe. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you, you would agree with this, um, Erica, your, your tribe at home. Um, good supportive friends and you really want at least one or two classmates that um, you really uh, vibe with um, so that you can have some support along the way so that's number one for me yes yes Um, the courses were wonderful Um, wonderful 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 Um, any difficult course I can't even you know I I might not have liked it very much back then, but um, life after grad school, I'm very thankful for them, especially if you decide to take that test for your license when you graduate. I felt very prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so um, I'll, I'll take the good with the bad. Um, but yes, I well, not bad, but the, we'll say the good with the difficult. <laughs> yes. But um, yes, they were um, fabulous program. Um, five stars. That's awesome. And that's great to hear you say that you felt very prepared for the exam. Like that's what you ultimately mm-hmm. want. Um, yeah. And you mm-hmm. kind of have to look out for programs um, that <laughs> maybe don't do so great a, go- a job at, at preparing. So um, mm-hmm. great that you felt really prepared. And what, so what was your experience? Like you, you mentioned find your tribe and I totally agree with that. I couldn't absolutely, especially my doctoral program, there is no way I could have made it through without <laughs> <laughs> without a good supportive system. I, well, my, of course, my advisor was amazing. Um, my, she was amazing. But in terms of those peers, I would not have made mm-hmm. it. So how did you go about mm-hmm. developing that in the online environment? So, you know, among your peers, and then also, how did you form relationships with mm-hmm. your faculty in that online mm-hmm. environment? Oh, I would say, uh, it, I mean, it was all very organic, um, uh, for sure. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, groups, right. You're, you're gonna have some group work <laughs> that mm-hmm. you'll have to do in your, in your program. Um, and, uh, it, there was a group, one of my first group assignments and, um, my partner and I, we just clicked and I'm still friends with her to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, we both were just like, we're grad school buzz. Like we, you know, we really got through some really tough times together. So group assignments is a good place to find your tribe, um, professors that, you know, you might, uh, just jive with as well. If you're 
you might ask them a few questions and they're they're encouraging you along the way and that's an organic connection as well um advisors um you know i even though it's online you're you're gonna have an advisor too and take full advantage of that as well um yeah so just all of those ways oh the um i studied abroad oh (laughs) in grad school yes how cool (laughs) so that's another way you can have a connection I'm you know that that uh, professor who led that um she's very supportive as well so if you where did you go what did you actually hold on (laughs) we have to talk that's a whole nother because I'm a big fan of study abroad I did it as a student and as a as a faculty member so I love hearing all about Mm -hmm. that so I want to hear all about that but first let's back up to these classes in terms of okay. getting professors and asking them questions. So were mm-hmm. they, were your classes, were they mostly asynchronous or did you all like mm-hmm. meet? We, we did Zoom um, sessions. Uh, honestly, guys, I worked during grad school. I'd, I'd be clocking out of work and putting on my Zoom in my car. Um, be safe if you do that. Uh, yeah. put hand, hands free, yeah. <laughs> muted, yeah. hands on the wheel. But um, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so um zoom there were some uh professors that recorded their lectures but very few okay so there were message message boards you know we all know the discussion boards I thought I was done with that in undergrad but oh no (laughs) (laughs) where were you working okay so I worked at UTC so that's University of Tennessee Chattanooga um I worked at the uh, children's center there and I was an assistant teacher then I worked my way up to being a lead teacher I did that for I believe two years of grad school okay um which age so at first I I worked with preschool and I loved it and then there was a position that opened up uh and they needed it pretty pretty urgently (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh for, for the infant room and <laughs> it was a, so much fun. Like I got to work with babies every day. Like I love it. <laughs> I know. Yes. I miss it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the infant room, I know it's, it's, you're either a fan of the baby stage or you're not. And for me, mm-hmm. like, yeah, if I have to make a choice between being in one of those rooms, <laughs> it's always, it was always the infant room when we had to substitute yeah. in there. Um, in grad school yeah (laughs) yes oh my goodness I agree with you I I mean they just bring you so much joy um you know some people don't like uh the screaming but you know hey that that's that they're talking that's how they communicate right exactly exactly (laughs) comes with the territory that's right exactly but yeah so I did that and so those are full-time positions full-time positions yes um and the reason why is because if you work I'm sure many of you know if you if you have a full-time position um with a university they will pay for your graduate program Mm -hmm. yes many not all universities yes but many universities do have plans Mm -hmm. like that so Mm -hmm. that is awesome smart way to get your because it's difficult to get to get funding for master's Mm -hmm. programs typically um oh yeah so that is great. And so you are pulling double duty, working full time, <laughs> then go clocking out, going straight to class um, and engaging in your classes, getting to know mm-hmm. your peers and your professors. But mm-hmm. now tell me, how do you 
so I, how did you decide that you wanted to do study abroad? Tell me all about your, like how you decided to mm-hmm. do this, how you made plans to make it a possibility. I think mm-hmm. a lot of barriers when they maybe want to do this. So mm-hmm. especially if they're working. So I would, I yeah. where you went and how you made it happen. Oh, I think divinely, divinely. So I, okay. When you, if you decide to, to go to uh, the University of Tennessee uh, for the master social work program, you will be required to do an internship. <clears throat> and mo- uh, a lot of programs will require that as well, but mm-hmm. um, I was required to do an internship. And so it, uh, I did that, um, an internship and it, uh, I loved it more than my <laughs> job yeah. at the of course loved the babies right but you know social work was my career and I was falling in love with with what I was doing at my internship um so um they offered me a position at my internship and um I also saw that there was an application for studying abroad (laughs) in uh, Costa Rica. So I'm like, hmm, I got to make some decisions here. (laughs) So I decided that I wanted to be fun employed um, for a little bit, Uh, left my job as a teacher. Um, uh, I I think I went literally the next week to Costa Rica uh, for studying abroad. and then I came back and um, uh, started working. I think started, I believe I started part-time and then I worked my way up to full-time and uh, that's kind of how it worked. Okay. <laughs> and so, finally. Yeah. And so, so yes, yeah, so, because once again, like it's this kind of short-term process here where you learn about it. So what did mm-hmm. you do while you were it, well, I, well, first of all, did they have any sort of scholarships or grants or anything mm-hmm. to help you get over there? Not for my, I, so I studied abroad. I went to, tw- I did it twice. So the okay. first time, so I went to Costa Rica first and I don't believe that there was a scholarship for that. If I'm wrong, I'm so sorry, guys, <laughs> but no I, I don't, my, my knowledge does not serve me that um, I had a scholarship, but I worked full time. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I saved my money and I was able to pay for it myself. So, um, yeah, so that's how I funded, (laughs) funded that. Yes. How long were you there the first time? So the first time we were there for, I believe it was about two weeks. Okay. And what did you Mm -hmm. all do during those two weeks? All right. So it's international service learning and community engagement. And we were in San Jose, Costa Rica, um beautiful beautiful place um oh man beautiful we we were serving a community center there um and we were just engaging and it just took me kind of similar to the work that I was doing at the collegiate 100 right mentoring at the boys and girls club it, it felt very similar to that getting getting down there on the floor with the kiddos, whatever they wanted from us, whatever they needed from us. Um, That's kind of what we did. And towards the end, we all did presentations Mm -hmm. on uh, various topics. Um, My topic, I believe, I think my topic was bullying. So um, 
I delivered a presentation on that. And so it was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's what I mean, right? You know, during study Mm -hmm. abroad, you get Mm -hmm. these unique experiences that often, you know, people traveling um, Mm -hmm. outside of some other sort of, you know, uh, organization won't get like that you won't get you know, as a, as a tourist, even though tourists being, going as anywhere as a tourist is lots of fun mm-hmm. as well, but you mm-hmm. get to really um, have a window, a larger window into the daily life. Of, um, Absolutely. The, yeah. What do you think was the most impactful for you during those two weeks? The most impactful, uh, you know, that we, no matter what, where you come from, what language you might speak, that we are all able to connect. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the most impactful for me. I still have a, uh, a, a drawing that a student wrote for me and it said, I love my teacher, but it was in, it was, um, it was in Spanish and, um, you know, just, just beautiful, beautiful moments like that, right. That I, you know, I'm not able to speak the same language as you fully, but you were able to connect with me in some in some capacity. That was that was the most impactful for me. So you were bitten by the study abroad bug. You're like, I gotta yes. do this again. And next thing you know, you are <laughs> going again. Tell me all about it. I went again. Yes, I went to Cape Town. Was it a similar kind of service learning? Yes, absolutely. So again, international service learning and community engagement. Um, but this time uh, we were in the classroom every every Monday through Friday. We got to hang out with the kiddos in their classrooms and assist with the teachers in whatever capacity they needed us and just serve and learn and have fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Man, so you have a, a cross-cultural experience truly with kids. <laughs> with kids. <laughs> Yes, I love I'm so thankful for for those opportunities for sure. And Cape Town is beautiful. I mean, if who for whoever um is is trying to think about where they want to go next, I highly highly recommend Cape Town. We were able to um go to Robin Island and I hiked to the top of Lion uh, I think is it Lion's Head? Not really sure the name of that mountain, but it's one of the largest mountains. Just it's just beautiful there for sure. Yeah, yeah, so pretty. (laughs) I mean, it literally reminds me of like fantasy storybook in terms of the landscape. Yes. Um. The okay, so you have to come back to our real world. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is the real world too. But I mean, you have to home real world, and Mm -hmm. and so, um, how much longer do you have in the program after that? next study abroad um so after that last study abroad I immediately came back the next day and uh did onboarding for my internship (laughs) what so you can imagine what my ID picture looked like (laughs) yes yes oh no (laughs) yes 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 and so So what's your new job mm -hmm. though that you're onboarding for yeah, so uh, for, for my internship, so I still needed to do an internship for field for, uh, for my graduate program. Okay. Uh, so I was interning at the mental health hospital 
um, for, for youth and adolescents. So that's where I completed my internship. Um, so, uh, so, uh, South Africa, of course, uh, I was there for, I think almost two months. I still needed more hours. Mm. So I finished the rest of my internship at a mental health hospital. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so what was that experience like? Oh goodness. It was, it was, I don't even have words. <laughs> um, very I, okay. Eye-opening, I, I yes. Um, informative, yes. Um, um, you know, there were some teachable moments. Um, there were some moments that touched my heart, um, heartfelt moments, times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. You know, I'm done. You know, I, I wanted to stay, right? I had a lot of fun there as well. When you finish up there, what's your next? Um, so after we're done with uh, my internship there, um, are we done? Because there's a pandemic. <laughs> there's, you know, hey, right, in, right at the end there. So I'm a COVID grad, y'all. Wow. Mm-hmm. You should have led with this. <laughs> you are coming out during COVID, coming out of graduate school. And how do you even navigate this new world? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I luckily had enough hours um, right when we found out that, hey, that we're not, we're not going to be able to have you, you know, they were letting us know that we're, we need to wrap up internship. There were, you know, students were taking getting their hours in alternate ways but luckily I had, I was done with my hours so there was no worry in that regard but you know I'm sure for you and many others we all were just kind of not sure what was next for us mm-hmm. um as far as our you know employment um graduation status um yeah it was a it was a it was a surreal time yeah for sure. Did you do anything um, since maybe you couldn't have a traditional graduation ceremony at that point? I mean, did you do anything else to maybe commemorate your completion of the program? Um, and then just generally, how did you cope with um, mm-hmm. this daily life in this new world? Um, yeah. So if you, and I think this is for, for all of us, this is something that I'm really advocating for everyone right now, um, self-care. Um, we learn about, we talk about it in grad school and it's just like, yeah, yeah, self-care. But seriously, um, self-care is, you need to make it your business, especially if you are in the helping professions. So um, I, I did a lot of self-care, figured out what what calms me, <laughs> mm-hmm. what mindfulness strategies, like that's when this really all activated for me. Lavender oil was like my best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it went everywhere I went. Um, <laughs> you know, that's when self-care kind of went into full speed there. And the way that I celebrated, I just, I went and took some professional photos just to celebrate that moment. Yeah, we were not able to be hooded. I hooded myself. <laughs> and, you know, you just, you just, you keep going, right? You, yeah. you just have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. Because at that point, guys, I, I, I don't know if I failed to mention, I was offered a job 
with my other my uh, first internship as an outpatient therapist okay so um I was a full-time uh therapist intern before graduating so I was seeing yeah so I was seeing clients oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was seeing clients um helping full-time in that area uh, coping internally with graduating in a pandemic um there was a lot going on at that time for sure that is a lot um Mm -hmm. a lot to deal with I'm glad that you yeah mentioned self-care and that you found some ways to um Mm -hmm. keep yourself afloat so you were a full-time intern or and I guess that that had helped you to to accumulate your hours in time before Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit well so I was a uh, I know it's a little, it's, it's, it can be confusing. Um, I get confused sometimes when I think about it, but I was actually a full-time intern, but paid, right? So I was okay. salaried, but my, they had to change my uh, position to intern so that I could start seeing clients that, you know, that I, these were going to be my inherited clients when I graduate mm. as a master, you know, degree social worker. I know this is like I was an intern twice over. One, I was paid and the other I needed for, <laughs> for school. So tell me about your, your paid full-time position, that at, which is your, your present position, but you started there as an intern, but it's your present position and they were, kind of, they were already making plans. You knew that you had mm-hmm. a position. Um, <laughs> so what, what type of work, you know, what does your daily life look like? And what type of work were you engaged yeah. in at that time? So it is my now job as well. I'm an outpatient therapist in community mental health. Um, you you get a the population is very um, very varied. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's where that, like I said, that uh, the CDFS, you know, having that broad background in your back pocket um, and having the ability to be flexible, that's where that kind of kicks in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm working with children, um, adolescents, uh, adolescents, adults, uh, teenagers, you know, just um, all type of populations, substance use, um, mood disorders, uh, just I'm working with an array of clients. So a range of range of ages and a range of needs um, in terms of the population. And For so sure. um, uh, roughly how many clients do you have at, at any given point? Okay. So you could have a caseload of anywhere, uh, depending on discharged and active clients, 40 to 70. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it just, that's just my experience and my position. Of course, every um, outpatient position uh, will, might look different, right? Depending on what the company is wanting um, of you. Um, there are some trauma systems uh, theory uh, positions where you might carry a smaller caseload because you're doing some more intensive work there. Uh, but um yeah, for my position, um, it could be a caseload of 40 to 70 clients. Okay. Okay. And so, so yeah, what is your, um, so what is your kind of typical day? There might not be a typical day, but what (laughs) what do you do when you get to work every day? (laughs) Yes. Oh, wow. So I was a therapist in the office for all of what couple weeks because COVID hit right there. Um, Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've been a I've been an at home therapist this whole time, y'all. <laughs> telehealth, you were thrown right into it. Right into telehealth, right into it. Yes, and I I love it actually. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you find ways to connect uh, via telehealth with clients, um, and um, it works out. Um, but yeah, I cannot imagine being. I mean, I know that you were working there before, but still, I mean, being, mm-hmm. you know, in your official role, <laughs> like your official <laughs> non-intern role for a few weeks and you're still learning the ropes yes. and then having to transition. And even, you know, I'm thinking about like when you are in a new role in a traditional office, you can run down the hall and ask mm-hmm. so-and-so a question to help you or you can consult. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how did you manage that transition? Oh, again, self-care, Okay. self-care, um, self-care, not being afraid to ask questions, um, uh, being active in your email, just always being at, at the heartbeat of what's going on um, internally with, with your company, making sure you know what your company needs. There's going to be a lot of, well, you know, there was a lot of changes that that has taken place, of course, with protocol, because mm-hmm. we're doing things differently now. Um, so, you know, just positive self-talk, um, the things that we talk about with our clients, you know, you're do- you, you are doing that with yourself in, in, a, in a moment like, in moments like these, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. that's a good point that you bring up that I think sometimes email gets a bad rap and sometimes we all get annoyed because the inboxes get so full but um, when you're working <laughs> from home like many of us have been doing it is really important like that is the main way to keep everybody engaged and everyone on the same page you know mm-hmm. on an like, ongoing day-to-day basis so you're right yeah. even little things in ter- as, as small as paying attention to what's coming out on the email reading the emails you know mm-hmm. and relatively quickly um, for sure it, and not letting them just build up and it's weeks go by and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's something that you known that everybody in the organization knows and and you totally missed it I mean even oh, yeah. students in in school like I mean sometimes you know uh, opportunity a volunteer opportunity or internship <laughs> or a workshop might mm-hmm. might be sent out and some students they don't pay attention to the email and so they mm-hmm. talk about on maybe linking into that community and and they mm-hmm. you know, it's that can, that can be used as a way to combat some of that isolation. So that's For great sure. to hear that you love the telehealth environment though. Mm-hmm. Um, are you all going to remain in that in- environment for now or is that a transition plan to go back face to face? Well, um, I know talking with other social workers, we, we think we have a plan and we, <laughs> yeah. so um, I'm just staying abreast to what the community, uh, what the company wants. Um, not really a hundred percent sure right now. Um, but I know as of today, <laughs> I am a telehealth therapist. So, um, and honestly, y'all, I think that's the future of mental health and private practice, um, as well. Uh, uh, having uh, sessions via telehealth. And there are some companies out there that are just taking full advantage of that. Like, I think there's one called Better Help or something like that. There's just mm-hmm. so many out there that are doing, uh, taking advantage of uh, telehealth services for sure. And that is a, a good point. I mean, I'm sure that there are some people that really want to be 
in that face-to-face room. And I, I mean, I totally understand that. However, I mean, mm-hmm. also just being a, a lot of times, some of the people you're serving, you know, they have school, they have mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, after-school programs, they have homework, <laughs> they have, um, their parents are working or, mm-hmm. or they're adults and they're working themselves or they, or they have other family things going on. Right. Um, yes. And I'm just thinking I'm in Houston and, you know, the thought of driving across town, trying to race across <laughs> it for a 50 minute appointment, um, mm-hmm. that just stress me out right now, you know, there you go. You <laughs> save so much time and headache. Um, so I, th- I agree. I do think that we'll see a good chunk of those services being provided mm-hmm. um, virtually yeah. in the future to come. Right. Absolutely. And that, that's like what, there goes three hours of your day, right? For yeah. that commute. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, um, then you told, you mentioned a little bit about this kind of the exam. Can you tell us mm-hmm. um, just quickly a little bit about the licensing process? Yes. So the licensing exam, um, depending on what capacity uh, you want to serve in the field of social work, um, there is a licensing exam that you might want to, t- uh, that you might want to take advantage of. Um, and honestly, y'all, I advise um, any uh, master social worker to go ahead and take that exam, whether you want to take the clinical route or the macro route. Um, I have a colleague, actually, she's just full macro, but she went ahead and took it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I that- love this jargon. Tell us what that means. Absolutely. So I am an, uh, I took the evidence, uh, evidence-based interpersonal concentration, um, for the, my master's program at social work, um, which is just a long word for, <laughs> uh, you, you took the more clinical route, um, I'd say, uh, in short, just to sum it up. Um, but then there's also a macro route, which is, uh, you're serving, um, you're not working, you might not work directly with clients, right? So clinical route, when I say that, that means I'm working directly with clients. And for those who, uh, decide to go macro, you might, uh, be working indirectly. So you might be in policy, uh, uh, you might, uh, be in, uh, creating programs, right? Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, that's really what that's all about. Really neat. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so yes, if you get this license, then how, so you have to take this exam, what mm-hmm. else do you have to do in order to obtain the license? You want to make sure you graduate to become eligible. And then after you graduate, uh, there's an application process. Um, so um, most programs will give you a lot of information about what that would look like. Um, and my, my program, um, uh, luckily did that for us as well. Um, and so you want to make sure you have all your application materials and your, your IDs and all that good stuff. You might need to get something notarized, um, and you seal everything up and you send it whatever way you decide to, whether it's, uh, via mail, uh, electronic, whatever route you decide to take, you know, you want to get your, um, your courses, your, your grades from your master's program and send that as well. Um, And there is a waiting process after you send all of that in, right? So be patient. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For, for me personally, I was like, yes, now I can take the exam, but (laughs) I had (laughs) <laughs> I had to wait. Um, so it, 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 hey, it might take a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of how that goes. Okay. All right. And so then once you hold the license, how long is it good for? Do you have to renew it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as far as renewing your license uh, with, so let me back up for with becoming a licensed master social worker, you could stop there or you could become a licensed clinical social worker. So that's LCSW. Um, And there might be some additional CEUs that you um, might need to obtain to um, keep that active. But as far as being a licensed master social worker, if you want to become a licensed clinical social worker, you would need to um, obtain 3,000 clinical hours um, working with clients. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm working on my 3,000 hours to become a licensed clinical social worker. Okay. And is that specific to the state of Tennessee? Yes. So each state has its own um, policy or, or way they operate, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, one that's just jumping out, out at me right now, I think, is North Carolina. Um, you know, I think theirs is different from ours. So always, always, always find out what um, your state looks like, what that process looks like for your state. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And yeah. um, that's a lot of good information. I, I right. feel like I know I've like fired a ton <laughs> of questions at you. It, I mean, that was good because you might not even have to take that first test if mm-hmm. you're in a certain state, right? Um, you might just need to fill out an application and start those hours. So really just find that out. That was a great question, Erica. Sounds okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Is there anything, um, anything that I didn't ask that you want to share? And um, also if you have any advice for students or new professionals that maybe are interested in the field, what would you offer in terms of advice? I would, I would definitely start with just trusting the process. If you've noticed in my journey, uh, it was not linear. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times where I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those experiences um, were helpful um, in, in, the, in the makings of, of who I am today. And they contributed to um, who I am. And personally and professionally. So just trust the process, number one. Number two, uh, self-care. What, what is your favorite self-care activity? And make that your thing. Make that your, you know, add that into your routine. It's okay to treat yourself. It's okay to get that pedicure um, if it fits in your budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. And again, as I mentioned earlier, having good mentors and a, and a good support system um, because you're going to need it. So those are my top three pieces of advice there. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> all of that is excellent advice for school and beyond for life as well. And of course, if you want to know more about me, check out my website at shrondastiggers.com and Shronda Stiggers everywhere on my social media. That's S-H-A-R-O-N-D-A-S-T-I-G-G-E-R-S, Instagram, and all of that good stuff to find out what's next.
Yes. Thank you so much for being open and sharing. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Erica. Good luck to all of you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. If you have recommendations for HDFS or other family science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. Don't worry if they're not working in a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they are working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes or share it on social media. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.